Hey guys, how's it going? Uh, welcome uh, to another episode of Five Minute Major Radio. Dave here, along with my broadcast partner in crime, Matt Mastrivani. Matt, how's it going tonight? Can't say it's going well. Um, we could <laughs> obviously be a lot better. Um, I'm about to throw my laptop through the wall because of some technical difficulties. I'm sure everyone is experiencing that because, like you just said before we just started a few seconds ago, Everyone these days is using Skype, Zoom, whatever you want to call it, to uh, get the some people with their friends, family, anyone. So the world lives on online communications at this point, which is crazy. Uh, we're in day something to quarantine uh, with everything being extended now to the end of this month, even though it feels like we just got done an entire year of March. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we finally made it to April. And we're just in the same situation we've been in in the last, what, two weeks now? And Almost three. Yeah, I don't know. At least we could watch Tiger King. Did you finish Tiger King? I did. As did I. I think I have to that watch it again. Carol Baskin. How, I, think I, yeah, I think I might watch it again soon because I just have to, like, reinforce the fact that it's actually a real thing. Yeah. So, I might do a rewatch. I know everyone, a couple of my friends have texted me about doing the rewatches of, like, Marvel movies, uh, all that kind of stuff, but I don't know. You gotta find ways to kill time. Yeah. Uh, recently did the Lord of the Rings and Hobbit movie marathons since being quarantined, so that, that's been a good chunk of killer time, and other than that, I've been doing a lot of be a GM mode in NHL 20. That's been trying. That's been supplying so far my hockey fix. Besides watching old replays of games that have been on TV, I haven't watched any games like from yet from this season. I know NHL.com is still free and all that fun stuff. For uh, I'm sorry, NHL.TV is still free for everyone to the end of at least April. Um, so I'm trying to do that, and it seems to be curing the hockey itch for now. And then, of course, thank God, other podcasts are still going on. Or you know, we've got our good friends in the small podcast community, and we've also everyone knows who the larger big hockey podcasts are. Today's society, thank God, everyone's still deciding to do that because then it gives you something to listen to. Um, and everyone's kind of all in the same boat. Everyone's just kind of really over this whole stay-at-home quarantine thing. But as long as COVID nineteen is still kicking around and still doing harm, I mean, this is the only way we can beat it. So we just gotta. As Joe Dirt once said, keep on keeping on. Yep. So, um, with that, Matt, we do have some news um, that I'm sure if hardcore Flyers fans have already known since the signings were announced. But for the average fan, they may not know these two players' names. Um, but the Flyers signed pending college free agents who they had the rights to and being uh, one American or actually, yeah, one American, one Canadian um, Tanner Lazinski and Wade Allison, um, both of which fans have been itching the team to get signed. And there were some rumors that one or both of them might not sign with the flyers and choose to go the college free agency route. But here we are, both of them are signed. Both of them will turn pro whenever, Hockey resumes. I'm sure 
I'm now with the AHL being canceled. I don't think they're anywhere ready to be an NHL talent yet. Um, but I definitely would see both of them being with the Phantoms um, next year to start the season, Matt. Yeah, this is uh, these both these signings are good. Obviously, um, both these guys have been spending time, quote unquote, marinating in the NCAA. Um, and uh, Lazinski's actually been doing really well. He's got uh, 143 points in 30, 138 games. Sorry, uh, spending the last four seasons at Ohio State University. So a uh, point per game player, and some for him. Um, and in college helped, hockey, was, that's a big deal. Yeah. Oh yeah. And then um, he was on Team USA, helped them win a gold medal at the 2017 World Junior Championships, had two points in the seven games there. Um, I mean, again, you're, anyone that's part of that team is, I feel like, is going to be gone, is going to go on to have a somewhat successful career, uh, whether it be in, I mean, pro hockey in general, whether it be in the AHL or the NHL, but... Or even um, o- over in Europe. Yeah, yep. But, um, yeah, I mean, these guys, it's... With all that's going on in society right now with the coronavirus and all that kind of stuff, it's tough to say what the timeline is because we don't even know when the NHL is going to come back, let alone anything else Mm -hmm. hockey-related. So uh, these guys, anyone, I mean, any prospect at this point, um, that timetable could be uh, really not, I guess not like completely messed up, but delayed like everything Mm -hmm. else is, um, and it'll just... I guess have them, they'll have to work harder, um, not having any gyms or even any rinks to go to at this point. I mean, it's a challenge every professional athlete's facing at this point where how do you stay in anything close to game shape um, when you can't even go to a gym? So, but um, it's, I mean, it's a day by day thing. It is good that they got them signed, and I'm sure we'll see them on the Phantoms. Uh, sooner than we'll see them on the flyers they'll probably be in the mix uh at like rookie camp developmental camp training camp even if they get an invite and could see them get called up sooner than later who knows but i mean it's a good obviously a good first step for both of them to get signed with the team on their elcs and just keep their progress moving forward yeah now and i completely agree um some good notes about both uh lazinski of course um he led ohio state the past two years, um, he led them in scoring in two of his last three seasons. Um, and he was named a first team all-star in the big 10 in 2018. And he's a two-time academic, all uh, big 10 selection. And he's a three-time Ohio state scholar athlete. So the kid's got some brains too. Um, in his draft year, all the way back in 2016, in which he was taken, um, in the sixth round on hundredth and 69th. Nice overall. Mm. Um, he ranked fourth in scoring in the USHL with the Chicago Steel and the Lincoln Stars. He had 63 points, 24 goals, and 39 assists in 52 games. Um, and then, of course, Wade Allison's always kind of been the bigger name. He was taken the second round in 2016, um, 52nd overall. Um, he was playing at Western Michigan in the NCHC, in the NCAA. Um, he's from Myrtle, Manitoba, so good old Canadian boy. Um I'm definitely a little bit more excited for Wade Allison than I am Lazinski. I'm excited for both, um, but I think Wade Allison could become, you know, a bonafide middle six scoring uh, threat. Where you add him with the potential of Joel Farabee as a top line threat, you can add Lazinski into maybe a second or third line threat. Um, you know, he had 97 points um, in 106 games. 
Oh, you think the on the pace he was headed before he had riddled with injuries the past couple of years, he probably would have been had similar, if not better, numbers than Lazinski. But injuries yeah. definitely riddled um, Allison's career in Western Michigan. Um, but still, in 26 games this past season as a senior, he had 10 goals and 23 points and was plus 11 in 26 games. So just under a hair, of, uh, just under a point per game player there. Um, I'm just reading some other quick facts on him. I mean, he's a streaky guy, but a lot of hockey players are streaky. You know, um, Allison finished his past season with 11, uh, 11 re- recording points in 11 of his last 15 games. In, in that stretch, he had 19 points for nine goals and 10 assists. Um, prior to getting drafted, he was on the USA. He helped the USHL team, um, the Tri-City Storm, win the league championship, the Clark Cup in 2016, and he was the MVP of those playoffs with 16 points and nine goals and seven assists in 11 games. And now, including Lazinski, um, who was the sixth, Allison is now the seventh member of the 10 players taken in the 2016 draft class by the Flyers to be under contract. Um, four of those players have already made their debut in being Rubstov, Carter Hart, Torinsky, and Bunneman. So that 2016 draft class that then Ron Hextall mm-hmm. um, led this Flyers on could be a very fruitful and benefit beneficial draft class to the future of this team. Um, you know, Torinsky and Bunneman, I definitely think are bottom six forward potentials. They could be, you know, good. They're really good with the Phantoms, and they're probably going to be third line in a pinch, but definitely solid fourth liners. Um and then German Rubistov, hopefully he can get his career going because he was taken 17th overall in the first round, I believe. Um, and, you know, a lot of people had higher, higher expectations for him, but uh, he's been battling some tough injuries here. But overall, that 2016 draft class is looking to be something that's very, very fruitful and fans should be excited to see their future. Oh, yeah, definitely. And like you just said, um, this is only like a little snapshot of – just how good the prospect pipeline is and still will be for the Flyers if they hopefully continue to draft well. But uh, even the the fruits of Ron Hextall's labors are still ripening uh, and almost almost getting ready to be picked um, and just thrown into professional hockey again, whether it be the Phantoms or the Flyers. Uh, just again, it shows that this, despite the current on ice effort that Hextall was putting with the Flyers, uh, he was doing a great job to kind of secure the future and quote-unquote died for our sins. So, <laughs> Yes, I, but, I believe uh, I believe one Philadelphia sports team used to, used to use the saying, trust the process. So, yeah. Hey, I mean, it's, it's unanimous. Philly sports, the brotherly love between these teams, I'm sure it, it can be interchanged. But um, other than that, I mean... Over here, uh, Dave, I, you probably can't see me. We are recording through Skype. Uh, my computer is not recognizing my webcam because of yeah, Skype. Yeah, I saw you. You have frozen <laughs> with a very stern look on your face. It looks very poetic. I'm actually going to take a picture and text it to you oh, on, my, on my cellular device just so you can see what I'm talking about. Like This, yeah. this, this may have to go on, on the pod socials. Yeah, we're uh, we're battling here, but we're getting through it for everyone that's listening uh, to bring you some good content in these these tough times. Um, aside from that, Flyers news, um, we can quickly touch on this, which I guess is a silver lining a little bit. But um, depending on how long this this league pause does go, uh, we could see JVR and Phil Myers uh, back on the 
as for the Flyers, at least clear to play, um, and then get some reps in and practice, and I, even a possible training camp again um, for everyone to get back into somewhat of game shape. Um, but those guys have both been out for extended periods of time. Uh, JBR with the broken finger, I believe, and then Myers with a knee injury. I think a torn... Oh, he's fractured his patella in his right knee. I'm not a doctor, so I don't know what your patella is, but it sounds bad. The patella on Google is a marvelous thing, my friend. And then also, uh, not to be left out on purpose, but uh, forward Nate Thompson is fully recovered from a knee sprain, um, and he was expected to be out two weeks. But again, reading this article from uh, the Flyers website, he's good to go, um, I'm sure. We'll hear more in the coming weeks, but again, no one knows how long this pause is going to go. So hopefully, when, if optimistically, if they come back, or I guess when they come back, those guys will be good to go. Um, and then um, it is cool just to see how the the beats and all the Flyers writers are dealing with this. Um, if you do need something to kill sometime, um, just yesterday afternoon, uh, the, the Flyers uh, beat writer Bill Meltzer. Uh, did a one-on-one exclusive interview with Chuck Fletcher over the phone, I believe. And um, there's a lot in here, so I'm not going to read through all of it, but they touch on things like uh, player conditioning issues, uh, current roster depth and leadership, um, a lot of that, scouting and drafting operations, uh, assessing the 2019-20 Phantoms, so the current Phantoms right now. uh, That's basically it, but, I mean, they go into a lot of depth about these things and... It's definitely worth the read or definitely worth the listen if you have the time. I'm sure you do. So uh, check it out. No, oh, and to, to interject real quick, the patella mat is your kneecap. So Myers oh. uh, fractured his kneecap. Yeah, that seems um, important. So, yeah. So hopefully that heals up. And um, players definitely are going to need a training camp. When, if, when and if this season resumes, um, you know, I think they're definitely going to need a training camp. And whether or not they play remaining regular season games or straight going to playoffs, who knows? Um, it seems the players are touring it. Um, teams who are in the playoffs or one or in a playoff spot want games leading into the playoffs as a warm-up. But then the teams who are not in the picture saying, well, why are we going to come back to play games for no reason and, with, and risk injuring our players? Yeah. Um, and some players are torn. Like you hear, you heard Alex Ovechkin and Sidney Crosby say, "Just let's just go straight in the playoffs when we're good to go." And then you have Connor David saying, "Yeah, no, you need to finish regular season." So it's going to be interesting. Regardless, before anything starts, I think a training camp is going to have to happen because we're looking at uh, at least until mid June, July. The season's res- resuming um, because some news did break yesterday. Um, that the city of Toronto has actually banned public gatherings of more than 50 people for the next three months. So that, that goes doesn't in, include sports, though. It doesn't? I no, thought it, it did. does not. Okay. Thank so, you, Mac, for being yeah, my yeah, fact yeah. checker there. Fact <laughs> checker. Because I, I um, saw that, too, and then uh, myself, along with a lot, a lot of other people, were like, well, that pretty much dooms all of the big four because I'm pretty sure – Toronto has, I know they have baseball, basketball, hockey, obviously, no football team, but I mean, um, I mean, the even the three major league sports, um, I don't know if they have an MLS team, but um, 
Yeah. Video. So, but yeah, it uh, the whoever released that, I guess, failed to be failed to say, but not sports. Like it's mainly like if you were to have like a, I'm trying to think, like uh, I guess for lack of better terms, like a fundraiser of some sort, where like you would encourage people to come to like a gathering place. Stuff like that, where like mm. you would need a, a city permit to use, like to block off a street or like use a park, stuff like that. I feel like, but they did clarify that it's not for sporting, like professional sporting events. All right. Well, that's good. That's good to know. Yeah. Um. But yeah, other than that, just shit's crazy, man. It's been like no one really knows what's gonna happen or when things are going to happen. Um. I feel like since we last recorded, things have gotten worse with this virus because people haven't been listening. Um, but uh, I don't really have much more to add, Matt. I know you wanted to do some around the league talk. Yeah, so I have uh, I have a couple of things here, though. Um, so earlier today, uh, Frank Saravalli did tweet that the Senators announced four additional members of the organization uh, who traveled to California. I'm reading from this tweet directly. Um, four additional members of the organization who traveled to California prior to season's pause have tested positive for COVID-19. Uh, it's believed to be three players and one staff member. Uh, that brings the NHL total to seven players, uh, five on the Sens and two on the Avalanche. Uh, he did follow that tweet up saying that the Senators did say all those who tested positive have recovered and are doing well. So that's obviously good to hear. And it's one of those things where I guess like, I mean, again, I don't, I don't pretend to be anyone who knows in anything about how this is going to unfold. But I feel like these next two weeks are going to be the worst, and then we'll hopefully start to see some sort of decline. Hopefully, um, but I mean, it's again, it's so tough to dis- it's tough to tell. But uh, that's like the I guess the main news that I had um, with. NHL, and then I also have one more thing that we can touch on. This will give us a nice few minutes of talking. <laughs> but um, the let me just bring this up on my iPad quick. So the the NHLPA, the Players Association, uh, released their yearly player poll the other Ooh, day. Some of these are good. Yeah. So um, we'll just go through these, and I'll just kind of rattle some off. But um. The first category is who's the best forward, and I mean, you would take any of these four guys on your team, obviously, but um, all of these are voted by uh, the players themselves about other players in the league and stuff like that. Um, we'll read through these categories and obviously tell um, tell you which one we're going through. We're not going to just leave you in the dark. I don't know why I'm saying this, but anyway. Uh, <laughs> Conor McDavid uh, from the Edmonton Oilers was voted the best forward by his peers uh, with 68.35% of the vote, followed by Cindy Crosby, Nathan McKinnon, and Nikita Kucherov. So, again, I mean, any one of those guys on your team is going to do well for you, but McDavid, we've all seen what he can do. Um, he's just unreal. He's the next generational talent, um, and, he's, I mean, there's not much else to say. It's surprising that Ovi didn't make that list. Yeah. So the, and the this dude is, actually, is still scoring um, some goals. Yeah, this is actually McDavid's second straight year winning best forward. So shocker, he defended his quote unquote title. Uh, next up, we have the best defenseman, which is a little, I guess, a little bit surprising to me, but also not really. Uh, Victor Hedman was voted the best defenseman in the league uh, with thirty-seven point eight eight percent of the vote, 
followed by Washington's John Carlson, Nashville's Roman Yossi, Los Angeles's Drew Doughty, and San Jose's Brent Burns. Interesting. Now, see, Hedman's not surprised for me just because um, he plays for Tampa, and since they're a southern hockey market, they're not as bigger. Um, well, they're not as big. Let, let me use proper English there, Jesus. Um, you know, he's been a force the past couple years for the Lightning when he really, you know, you know, stepped into the limelight there and really became, you know, the star the Lightning thought they were going to be when they drafted him second overall all the way back in 2009, I believe. Back when he was sponsored by Reebok and used to use the O stick. So there's a throwback for you. Yeah. Um, and then, the, I mean, the others are no surprise. I mean, John Carlson's probably, if the NHL does award a Norris trophy this season, I would assume he's going to win it. Yeah. Um, but you should never assume because it makes an ass out of you and me. Um, <laughs> and then, obviously, you know, Brett Burns and Drew Dowdy have both been doing it for years. Um, contrary yeah. to popular belief of a former host of this podcast and one of our dear friends, um, Jacob Hunter Harrison, um, who loves to hate on Drew Doughty. Drew Doughty is still one of the best defensemen in the league. Um, <laughs> you know, LA is a really bad team right now, and they are on the decline. Jonathan Quick is nowhere the Jonathan Quick of past, and they're trying to restock their prospect pool. And they did sign Doughty to a mega, mega, mega ticket. And part of me thinks, well, yeah, while while they do need a player like him on on the back end there. Should they be paying him that much? And should they have thought to trade him away to help extend their rebuild? Because you probably could definitely could have brought in some sizable assets back for Drew Doughty. Um, but regardless, you know, I digress. He's still one of the best in the league. Yep. And then uh, this was also Hedman's second year in a row uh, claiming that title from his peers. Uh, next up, we also have another two-time uh, best goalie. Uh, with Another one. Montreal's Carey Price with 41.5% of the vote, uh, followed by Tampa Bay's Andre Vasilevsky, Golden Vegas's uh, Mark Andre Fleury, and Florida's Sergei Bobrovsky. I don't know how I messed that up. But um, Carey Price, uh, in the article, it says Carey Price continues to demonstrate these key qualities that have helped him earn the nod for best goalie in the eyes of the players for two years in a row. Those qualities are. Poise, consistency, excellence, and focus. I, I I disagree with this one actually. Um, I disagree on a couple of the pl- on the players on that list. Um, first off, Carey Price, you know, he's getting paid ten million dollars plus by the Montreal Canadiens, as is another player on this list, Sergey Bobrovsky, by the Florida Panthers, and both of them are not playing well up to that pay grade. Um, I also think $10 million plus is too much to be paying a goalie. The position is too fickle at times. Um, but while in the past, Carey Price has been the best goalie in the league, look at his numbers the past couple of years. They've been kind of average or not not, not that hot. Uh, he did win the Hart Trophy a couple of years ago and was you know had, the, had won the Vezina and was really, really good that one year. But Montreal lives or dies by Carey Price, and he has not been good the past couple of seasons. Now, granted... The team in front of them isn't that great, but when you're paying, you know, a goalie in double digits and millions, you, you should he should be a Vesna finalist every year, and he hasn't been that. And Sergey Bobrovsky has he's been awful for the Florida Panthers this year. I think they paid him way. I mean, I love Bob. Um, you know, it sucks the fact that Flyers had to lose out on another goalie. Um, 
But this year, he has not lived up to his signing, and I think Florida's regretting it. And they're having a guy in Chris Strieger up until this pause who was in the East Coast Hockey League last year severely outplaying Bobrovsky, uh, a guy who's making league men. So um, I disagree with, with those two players being on the list because I don't think they deserve to be there. I think they're on there just because of their name. Because if you think you know Bobrovsky and Price, you do think, Olympics, international hockey, best in the winners, because that's what they are. But at the present moment, they're not playing at that level. Um, Matt, who are the other two on that list? Uh, for goalies? Yes. Um, let me get back here. Sorry. Uh, Flurry and... You already talked about Bobrovsky, right? Yeah, so it was just Flurry. Vasilevsky. Vasilevsky. Now, Vasilevsky, he should be number one overall, in my opinion. Um, he has been a stud. Um, he took the reins over from Ben Bishop a couple of years ago with the Tampa Bay Lightning, and he's been really, really good ever since. He is, um, you know, the bright star of the future, I think, of Russian goaltending in the NHL right now, besides Ilya Samsonov with the Capitals um, and maybe Igor Shosturkin of the Rangers. I think those are the, ne- you know, the next triad of Russian uh, goalie superstars in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think he should be number one overall. I think Vasilevsky, granted, he is on a stack of a Tampa Bay team, but there are nights where they even depend on Vasilevsky, and he comes and he bails his team out, and that's what you need a goalie to do. And then, of course, Mike Andre Fleury. You know why? You know while you know I used to despise the man and hate him because he was a Pittsburgh Penguin. You know he's gotten his career back on track with the Vegas Golden Knights. Um, so and he's they kind of live or breathe by him and the Knights did add in Robin Leonard. So that's a solid goaltending goaltending pair there. But Flurry's been dynamic, and if you ask me, I would definitely consider him to be one of the best in the finalists for this season. Yeah, agreed, agreed. So uh, these next four categories we'll go over are actually uh, kind of fun. So these next two are actually double headers. So we have the game's best and the game's worst trash talkers, and the top two in each of these categories, respectfully, are Brad Marchand and Drew Doughty as the <laughs> league's top two best and worst trash talkers, according to players. I can see that. They both had some good chirps and some bad chirps. Um, this is going back years, but in regards to Doughty, I remember back when they were still doing like the Showtime or HBO 24-7s before... Um, for like the outdoor games, the uh-huh. year when um, L.A. and Anaheim played at Dodger Stadium, um, Dowdy was like chirping Pat Maroon, who was in on the Ducks, and he was like, "It's like you have to be the worst player in the league right now." He's like, "Buddy, you were in the minors last year," and just you know, he's got some good ones, um, but then you just hear a lot of stuff that just goes, "All right, you know, you're not worth it." Both of them also kind of whine at the media at times, especially Drew Dowdy. Um, but yeah, I can see why both of them are voted the best <laughs> and the worst. And it's funny. So, um, followed by those two for best trash talkers, Ryan Reeves and, and Pat Maroon speak of the devil. And then the bottom two su- surprising on this one a little bit, but, um, PK Subban, I could see for worst trash talker. Also Nick Cousins on the Knights got 5.6% of the vote. I mean, it's Nick Cousins. I mean, yeah. 
he was he's not really a good player to begin with. So he's probably a really bad trash talker. <laughs> so and then the next one is uh, these next two are also kind of fun. So of all players past or present, who would you pay to see play? Um, not really a surprise here. At first, we have Wayne Gretzky with thirty one point eight percent of the vote, followed by Bobby Orr with almost just about fifteen percent, followed by Mario Lemieux. Ooh. Mario Lemieux with 9.24%, and then Connor McDavid in fourth place uh, with 7.8%. So those first three, obviously, some of hockey's greats, and also hockey's great in Wayne Gretzky and Bobby Orr, best defenseman ever, I'd probably say. But, I mean, Connor McDavid, a guy who's been in the league, what, five years now? Yeah. I mean, he's already, again, like I said before, he's a generational talent. He could, he's going to be one of the best of all time, I would say. I'm gonna say he's the best player in in the league in the world right now. Oh yeah, he, I think him and McDavid are above Crosby personally right now. My personal rankings, but we've talked about that before in a previous podcast. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No, I can see. I'm a little shocked. No love for some former, you know, superstars like, um, like Big E, good old Eric Lindros, mm-hmm. um, maybe a Peter Forsberg or Joe Sack or, or even the Steve Yzerman. So, um, surprised. Surprised, but not surprised. Agree. Uh, this next one's also cool, like I said before. Um, would you like to see players' personalities expressed on their equipment? And if so, how? Um, the players that did vote yes, 40% of them said uh, they'd like to see themselves expressed on... They'd like to express themselves on skates, on their skates. Uh, others said sticks, and then... Um, I mean, majority of those who said yes were preferring skates. 4.2%, uh, 4.7% said sticks, and then 3.2% said their helmets. Um, the majority of players, 53% of respondents in this question, are open to seeing a little equipment customization, while 47% are comfortable with the status quo. So I feel like a lot of guys would want to kind of take after the NFL where you see a lot of NFL players have mm-hmm. custom cleats every so often, whether it's for charity or just self-expression. But um, it is cool to see that stuff, and it is always nice to see players uh, stand out as individuals as opposed to um, just kind of blending in. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. again, like the rule with um, the jersey tuck, like you always saw Ovechkin with his jersey tucked in, and it's it was a little weird seeing him without it for the first season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, I definitely can see the skate thing going on on board. Um, as you know, like Ovechkin did it with his Bowers skates a couple years ago in the Olympics. He had, you know, one boot customized to represent America, and the other boot represent, represented Russia. Um, two of the countries where he spent, you know, equally, you know, half of his life on each side. So that was cool. And of course, you know, he's got his yellow laces, um, something that always stands out that Yager used to do. I'm. I would also be all aboard for players bringing back black toques on their skates. Love that classic look. Um, I too personally dabbled in maybe doing that a couple years ago when I got my new set of wheels, but um, was shunned away from the idea. Um, and then it's so it'd be interesting to kind of see like decals, kind of do what the NFL players do on hockey seats. I'm all for it. Um, anything to spice, you know, hockey for some reason is culture is kind of null and dead for some reason. Um, mainly by the league because Gary Bettman doesn't like fun um, as do the owners, but um, it'd be definitely really be cool to see some designs. Um, I saw a design template on Twitter today. I think that far down posted by TSN um, 
where they just took the skate overall design and color and just themed part of it to match the team. Kind of what some stick companies are doing right now, like Bauer is customizing, you know, they have the same overall graphic design for the sticks, Mm -hmm. but then where they they can pick in like a a white or a different color, they use the team specific color, uh, which I think is actually kind of cool. I know that they've been doing that for colleges for a while where they'll have like the college logo on the stick somewhere. But now the host, like the, all the flyer sticks that are used Bauer, like you've seen Kevin Hayes and um, Sean Gaturier and um, Ivan Provorov, you know, and Claude Giroux, you know, they all have that basic generic Bauer outline stick, but then you see that the highlight of orange come down. It's something it pops and it catches the eye. Like it looks good. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm all for it. You know, personalizing skates and personalizing sticks in that regard it's not going to distract anyone and it'll make good for cool photo ops and engaging the fans. So I'm all for it. Good stuff. I like the opinion. Uh, next up, we got a couple, a uh, couple voice things. Uh, so uh, who is the funniest player in the NHL? And um, the winner as voted by his peers with 17.9% of the vote was Keith Yandel from the Florida Panthers. Funk. Bitten Chicklets, regular, uh, one of uh, definitely our, I would say our both of our favorite podcasts, um, hockey wise. But um, it's no surprise, I think. I mean, us along with so many of other other people, hockey fans, just pod, podcast fans, I guess. Um, you hear this, you hear Yandel on Chicklets, and you, you always have a good time. Oh, for sure. I'm surprised Scott Lawn's on there too. Apparently. Kevin Hayes came on Chicklets the other week and was talking about how funny Lawton is, especially with not only his chirps, but his, his, his trash talking. Apparently how he called some guy in Washington Voldemort. Like, it's it's, it's a different take. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm before it. And definitely Keith Yandel is a national hockey treasure. Um, I think he's one of the funniest guys in the league, and he still does it day in and day out, and he still gets everyone with his sock. So, um, I, you know, I completely agree. And then um, that's really all I thought was worthy for off ice. Um, for those listening, you can check out this entire poll on the NHLPA's website. Um, you can go through all the categories, all that kind of stuff. But um, to round this out, we'll do a couple more things. So for team that has the best jersey in the league uh, with 28 points. Let me guess, Chicago. Yep. They always win it. The yeah. Blackhawks or the Red Wings always win that competition. Even a couple years, a couple years ago, I remember Billy Clement. They were talking about Flyers uniforms for some reason, and Billy Clement on a Flyers broadcast still said that he thinks that Chicago or Detroit has the best uniforms in the league. I mean, they are both. They are snazzy. I think all the original six teams have awesome uniforms. Yeah. Um, but I'm tired of the same answer every year. Like I do love the Blackhawks uniform. I think they are very, very sharp. Um, but no, I I wish you know give some other teams a chance. Um, like there are other teams that have uniforms that are just as good. Like you can go and rock. If, maybe if the Coyotes went back to rocking the Kachina jerseys all the time, they might be a front runner. Mm-hmm. Um, the current Flyers black alternate jersey that they wear now, I think, is fantastic. Um, you know the Rangers always have had good uniforms. You know any stylish they do. I mean that goes back to any of the original six teams, obviously. Um, I think there's not a couple other teams out there that I mean, I do like Vegas's new take on their road uniforms, how they wear the white gloves. I think that's 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 a new take. Um, and I, so, I 
didn't like Actually, it as much. Vegas, but now I'm all for Vegas's it. home jersey got second place. Really? Yeah. Interesting. So the no, top, I... top, the top four are Chicago, Vegas, Toronto, and the Rangers. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I you got some original six teams in there. Then Vegas is nice because I like how they're different because they they use a darker gray, almost silver, that's not really used by any other NHL team at the moment. Mm-hmm. And they add in that gold, and they add in just a sliver of red, and it, it just pops. So, yeah, I can see that. I'm fine with that listing. You know, while Chicago does win it every year, I mean, it's still a classic sweater. When you <laughs> think of the NHL and you think of, you know, Chicago Blackhawks, obviously, because being an original six franchise. So, yep. And then to round it out, and I think to end our night, we'll end on a good note. Um, the NHL's best mascot. For the second year in a row, with sixty nine percent of the vote, nice. Our boy Gritty. Hell yeah! Can 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 agree. One hundred ten percent Gritty for president. Let's go. Um, it me. Gritty was actually just he ran away with this because the close the closest runner up in second place was Nash from the Predators, and he only got two point eight percent of the vote was tied with Howler from the Arizona Coyotes with another 2.8% of the vote, followed by Bailey from the L.A. Kings, and then Yuppie from the Canadians. Man, I wonder how Bailey feels about that, falling so low. Ba- 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 Bailey's got a beef with Gritty. Because I think Bailey thought he was hot shit when, when he was the, the, the mascot, and then Gritty came in and was like, what up, y'all? I'm taking over. <laughs> and everyone, Gritty's kind of rolled with it ever since, so... Gritty being it me on time the cover of Time Magazine, so makes sense. Stan Gritty, Gritty is king. Oh yeah. So Gritty uh, is also the Tiger King, apparently. True. But I think that's a good one to end on for tonight. Uh, if you don't have anything else, I'm out of stuff for tonight. And I think no. we'll wrap this bad boy up. Yeah, I think we are good to go. Um, we, of course, as we remind everyone last episode, we are doing every other week for recording now until there's more substantial hockey news going on. Uh, so we will be back the week of the 13th of April. Who knows when we've, I usually text Matt at some point or on the week and say, <laughs> when are we recording this week? And we go, let's do it this night because everything's so crazy right now. No one has time to actually have anything set in stone. Like it's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but Matt, thank you as always. Thank you to all of our listeners who keep the pod going. We have currently earned a current $3.69 through our sponsorship on Anchor. So nice. thank you to them. And the, that sense total is very nice. So um, <laughs> I was going to make a note of that. Um, but with that, we will be back in two weeks or so here. Thank you for listening. Matt, thank you as always. Again, I'm repeating myself at this point, so I think it's time to shut her down. We will see you guys in a couple weeks and hope everyone survives this ongoing quarantine. Adios, amigos.